Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also on that web page, there's an option called Lesson Sign Up, and there you can subscribe to receive a daily email from the Course in Miracles Society that includes both the lesson for the day as well as the text reading. Today we're continuing in Chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom, and we'll be reading Section 4, The Unified Curriculum. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 76, I am under no laws but God's. We'll pause at the top of the hour for a lesson reflection this morning. And if you'd like to consider volunteering to lead that reflection, it would be so much appreciated. Uh, By way of opening this morning, I found this perfect little piece from Moji in his book called White Fire. And it goes like this. In this life, what ought to be the most important is the search for truth. Truth can never be merely concepts or conditioning or belief. Truth is spirit and life. It is what we are. It is our very source. It it is our essential nature and being. It has been so from the beginning of time. Truth is timeless. The veils of ignorance, delusion, and personal identification hold everyone hostage. Just a second, let me close this door. The veils of ignorance, delusion, and personal identification hold everyone hostage, causing us to be distracted from the indivisible self and to be fixated upon the fleeting things of this passing world. This is the cause of all suffering. Here in these lessons, these veils are being lifted so that the clear light of awareness alone shines. This is love, truth, and lasting freedom. It is available to everyone because we are already this, choicelessly. All that is needed is to come with an open mind and a thirsting heart with this urge inside. This very day, I must be free. This very day, I must be free. Lesson 76, I am under no laws but God's. Amen. Amen. Perfect. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, guys. I really like that piece. And I hope it sits well. Here's our reading list this morning. We have Robin Marie, Lemoyne, Karen, and Charles. We're joined in listening this morning by Harrison, Kristen, and Judy. And let's see, has anyone else joined us? Uh, Not yet. So, let's get underway then in Chapter 7, 
the consistency of the kingdom with section four, the unified curriculum. Hmm, so perfect. Paragraph 19. To heal is to liberate totally. We once said there is no order of difficulty in miracles because they are all maximal expressions of love. This has no range at all. The non-maximal only appears to have a range. This is because it seems to be meaningful to measure it from the maximum and identify its position by how much of it is not there. (laughs) Actually, this does not mean anything. It is like negative numbers in that the concept can be used theoretically, but it has no application practically. It is true that if you put three apples on the table and then take them away, the three apples are not there. But it is not true that the table is now minus three apples. If there's nothing on the table, it does not matter what was there in terms of amount. The so-called nothing is neither greater nor less because of what is absent. Hmm. Robin Marie. Chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom. 4, The Unified Curriculum. Paragraph 19, To heal is to liberate totally. We once said there is no order of difficulty in miracles because they are all maximal expressions of love. This has no range at all. The non-maximal only appears to have a range. This is because it seems to be meaningful to measure it from the maximum and identify its position by how much it is not there. Actually, this does not mean anything. It is like negative numbers in that the concept can be used theoretically, but it has no application practically. It is true that if you put three apples on the table and then take them away, the three apples are not there. But it is not true that the the table is now minus three apples. If there is nothing on the table, it does not matter what was there in terms of amount. The, quote, nothing, unquote, is neither greater nor less because of what is absent. 20. That is why, quote, all, unquote, and, quote, nothing, unquote, are dichotomous without a range. This is perfectly clear in considering psychological tests of maximal performance. You cannot interpret the results at all unless you assume either maximal motivation or no motivation at all. Only in these two conditions can you validly compare responses. And you must assume the former. Because if the latter were true, the subject would not do anything. Given variable motivation, he will do something. But you cannot understand what it is. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Lemoyne. 
All right, from the end of 19, nothing is neither greater nor less because of what is absent. That is why all and nothing are dichotomous, without a range. This is perfectly clear in considering psychological tests of maximal performance. You cannot interpret the results at all unless you assume either maximal motivation or no motivation at all. Only in these two conditions can you validly compare responses, and you must assume the former, because if the latter were true, the subject would not do anything. Given variable motivation, he will do something, but you cannot understand what it is. The results of such tests are evaluated relatively, assuming maximal motivation. But this is because we are dealing with abilities where degree of development is meaningful. This does not mean that what the ability is used for is necessarily either limited or divided. Yet one thing is certain. Abilities are potentials for learning and you will apply them to what you want to learn. Learning is effort, and effort means will. We have used the term, quote, abilities in the plural because abilities began with the ego, which perceived them as potentials for excelling. This is how the ego still perceives them and uses them. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Karen. 21. The results of such tests are evaluated relatively, assuming maximal motivation. But this is because we are dealing with abilities, where degree of development is meaningful. This does not mean that what the ability is used for is necessarily either limited or divided. Yet one thing is certain. Abilities are potentials for learning, and you will apply them to what you want to learn. Learning is effort, and effort means will. We have used the term, quote-unquote, abilities in the plural because abilities began with the ego, which perceived them as potentials for excelling. This is how the ego still perceives them and uses them. 22. The ego does not want to teach everyone all it has learned, because that would defeat its purpose. Therefore, it does not really learn at all. The Holy Spirit teaches you to use what the ego has made to teach the opposite of what the ego has learned. This kind, the kind of learning is as irrelevant as is the particular ability which was applied to the learning. You could not have a better example of the Holy Spirit's unified purpose than this course. The Holy Spirit has taken 
very diversified areas of your learning and has applied them to a unified curriculum. The the fact that this was not the ego's reason for learning is totally irrelevant. Thank you, Karen. And Charles. Thank you. The ego does not want to teach everyone all it has learned because that would defeat its purpose. Therefore, it does not really learn at all. The Holy Spirit teaches you to use what the ego has made to teach the opposite of what the ego has learned. The kind of learning is irrelevant as is the particular ability which was applied to learning. You could not have a better example of the Holy Spirit's unified purpose than this course. The Spirit has taken very diverse areas of your learning and has applied them to a unified curriculum. The fact that this was not the ego's reason for learning is totally irrelevant. 23. You made the effort to learn and the Holy Spirit has a unified goal for all effort. He adapts the ego's potentials for excelling to potentials for equalizing. Oh, I love that. This makes them useless for the ego's purpose, but very useful for his. If different abilities are applied long enough to one goal, the abilities themselves become unified. This is because they are channelized in one direction or in one way. Ultimately, then, they all continue to one result. And by doing so, the similarity, their similarity rather than their difference is emphasized. You can excel in many different ways, but you can equalize in one way only. Equality is not a variable state by definition. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. And is there a new reader for 23 and 24? Molly, and I'd love to, Lori. Thanks, Jude. Okay. You made the effort to learn, and the Holy Spirit has a unified goal for all efforts. He adapts the ego's potentials for excelling to potentials for equalizing. This makes them useless for the ego's purpose, but very useful for his. If different abilities are applied long enough to one goal, the abilities themselves become unified. This is because they are channelized in one direction or in one way. Ultimately, then, they all contribute to one result. And by doing so, 
their similarity rather than their differences is emphasized. You can excel in many different ways, but you can equalize in only one way, in, in one way only. Equality is not a variable state by definition. That is why you will be able to perform all aspects of your work with ease when you have learned this course. To the ego, there appears to be no connection because the ego is discontinuous. Yet, the Holy Spirit teaches one lesson, love this, and applies it to all individuals in all situations. Being conflict-free, he maximizes all efforts and all results. By teaching the power of the kingdom of God himself, he teaches you that all power is yours. By teaching the power of the kingdom of God himself, he teaches you that all power is yours. Its application does not matter. It is always maximal. Your vigilance does not establish it as yours, but it does enable you to use it always and in all ways. Awesome. I am complete. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 24 and 25? This is Sandra. I can read. Thanks, Sandra. That is why you will be able to perform all aspects of your work with ease when you have learned this course. To the ego, there appears to be no connection because the ego is discontinuous. Yet the Holy Spirit teaches one lesson and applies it to all individuals in all situations. Being conflict-free, he maximizes all efforts and all results by teaching the power of the kingdom of God himself. He teaches you that all power is yours. Its application does not matter. It is always maximal. Your vigilance does not establish it as yours, but it does enable you to use it always and in all ways. When I said I am with you always, I meant it literally. I am not absent to anyone in any situation because I am always with you. You are the way and the truth and the light. You did not make this power any more than I did. It was created to be shared and therefore cannot be meaningfully perceived as belonging to anyone at the expense of another. Such a perception makes it meaningless by eliminating or overlooking its real and only meaning.
Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader that would like to complete this morning with paragraph 25 in chapter 7? I can do it. Thank you, Harrison. When I said, quote, I am with you always, unquote, I meant it literally. I am not absent to anyone in any situation because I am always with you. You are the way and the truth and the light. You did not make this power any more than I did. It was created to be shared and therefore cannot be meaningfully perceived as belonging to anyone at the expense of another. Such a perception makes it meaningless by eliminating or overlooking its real and only Thank you, Harrison. And thank you, everyone, who read this morning. This is a fairly short section uh, on the unified curriculum. Very short, but very pregnant. So to summarize a few ideas. He starts off in paragraph 19 with, to heal is to liberate. Totally. We once said that there is no order of difficulty in miracles because they are all maximal expressions of love. This has no range at all. Paragraph 20. That is why all and nothing are dichotomous without a range. In paragraph 21. One thing is certain. Abilities are potentials for learning, and you will apply them to what you want to learn. Learning is effort, and effort means will. We've used the term abilities in the plural because abilities began with ego, which perceived them as potentials for excelling. This is how the ego perceives them and uses them. In 22, the Holy Spirit teaches you to use what the ego has made to teach the opposite of what the ego has learned. The Holy Spirit has taken very diversified areas of your learning and has applied them to a unified curriculum. In 23, the Holy Spirit has a unified goal for all effort. He adapts the ego's potentials for excelling to potentials for equalizing. This makes them useless for the ego's purpose, but very useful for his. And also in that paragraph, he wants us to know that equality is not a variable state by definition. In 24, the ego is discontinuous, yet the Holy Spirit teaches one lesson and applies it to all individuals in all situations. Being conflict-free he maximizes all effort and all results. By teaching the power of the kingdom of God himself, he teaches you that all power is yours. 
Its application does not matter. It is always maximal. Your vigilance does not establish it as yours, but it does enable you to use it always and in all ways. And finally, when I said I'm with you always, I meant it literally. Literally. I am not absent to anyone in any situation. Because I am with you, you are the way and the truth and the light. You did not make this power any more than I did. It was created to be shared and therefore cannot be meaningfully perceived as belonging to anyone at the expense of another. Such perception makes it meaningless by eliminating or overlooking its real and only meaning at the expense of another. Amen. The floor is open, and as I mentioned earlier, we are looking for someone to lead our reflection this morning on Lesson 76. I am under no laws but God's. So if you please uh, give that some consideration, we'd appreciate it. So the floor is open. Thank you, Laurie. Much appreciate. Thank you, Lord. This is, this is Charles. Uh, I'd like to share a miracle that happened to me this morning, if I may. And it really concerning this paragraph or this section here, where um, I was uh, down at the coffee shop before I got here, and a neighbor of mine came down. And he's in a chair, and he had his oxygen tank on, and he had a hard time breathing. And it's raining up here, so it makes it even worse for the idea of catching his breath. But as he came in, he invited me over to a table. And I thought that was quite curious because he's never done that before. So when he sat in front of me, I asked, I asked, what is it that you would have me see here in this one who's invited me there with him? And I noticed his trouble in breathing. He was very troubled by his breathing. And I was troubled by witnessing his breathing, so I asked again. And I realized he had a strong love for his breath at that moment. He had a strong love for the breath that he desired to have. And I realized as I started to relax, I started to feel myself breathing. And I felt that being a relaxed breath and feeling the connection with a loving soul who invited me to share a moment with him and feeling the kindness and the openness, I could see him relaxing before me too. And I really felt a warm connection that we shared together but it was a connection that was not verbally expressed. It was just the idea that he left and went back outside, his breathing not as uh, heavy as it was when he first met. Um, but since he's my neighbor downstairs, and uh, he's, he's, really a, he's really a good teacher for me, he really helped me understand that it's the love for that we look for and not feeling troubled 
by what they struggle with. And to me, this, this thing today was uh, a unified purpose of goal. You know, the Holy Spirit wants us to unify with the love for that we share with one another. And as the curriculum brings equality and not differences. Uh, thank you for allowing me to share it. It was very touching for me this morning, and I'm glad I was able to share it. Thank you. Oh, what a beautiful experience. Thank you for sharing that, Charles. Thanks, Charles. I see no differences. Thank you, Charles. That that was really great that that, that happened. Helps us thank all. You, thank Charles. you. Oh, thank you, Charles. It's fun, uh, and uh, I appreciated that so much because, um, as you know, I have trouble breathing some days worse than others, and I've come to love my breath so much and appreciate it. And it's true, you know, it's when I'm talking on the phone, sharing the love of God, I forget all about my breathing. I pay it no mind. And, you know, if I'm really present, I'll notice that, oh, my breath is there for me. And um, and it is like, it is a miracle. It is how sharing the love of God, and it doesn't have to be through words. It's just the energetic nature of it reaches our brothers, you know, when we're feeling love and expressing that love and seeing them for what they are. Um, miracles happen, you know, because our, it in some ways restores our vision and um, and we see... Um, we forget what's not true and remember what is. And as soon as that happens, you know, it's like love recognizes love and remembers itself. And uh, and what a gift you gave to your neighbor by remembering to look beyond the obvious and to see the love that he offered. Um, and then... Um, you know, expressing that. So thank you so much. That was a beautiful share. I'm complete. Hmm. Thank you. Everything thank for you. everyone. That thank you, dear one. Beautiful, Anna. Yeah. Believe me, it was mutual between the two of us. Thank you so much. Yeah, good morning. This is Sandra, and I was... Um, focusing in on that that whole unity principle that that the holy spirit job and and my job is to find the unity in all things um find the connection and the sharing of all things which creates equality and one of my biggest desires and i think it's true for for anybody who's in a body is the longing for connection and to share. And the only way to do that is through unity. And that's my job. The ego's job is to excel at something which creates competition and separation and wanting to be right, wanting to be first. 
and that doesn't work for equality. So this this is just so much common sense to me, and um, and yeah, I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm complete. Thank you, dear one. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. This is Ida. Yeah, because there's a miracle can... It may not have observable effects, but it may have observable effects, and there is no order of difficulty in miracles, um, which is wonderful. And it, those principles are shown in the story that Charles... Um, told us, which is great. Thank you. Um, I just came on the call while um, Lori was summing it up, and she read 23. She said 23, and it was about mine 23. But when I heard it, I heard that it was about 2023, and then 2024, and all, and that those things would be happening in the world, and it felt so wonderful to me and so right that I was sharing it that way, that good stuff will be happening this year in the world and and, and, and next year and everything, too. Thank you so much. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Beautiful, Ida. Thank you so much. I love your connection. Your beautiful insight for us all. I just want to thank Charles for your most elegant, um, elegant example of what this, the reading um, exemplifies today. That um, the Holy Spirit has the unified goal. When you join or we join it with the Holy Spirit in in um, the goal of the truth of knowing the love of God, um, that that. Um, you know, the simple walk to the coffee shop, uh, the simple act of observing someone breathing, the the simplicity of the of the just being, and the use his the Holy Spirit's use of all of our abilities to walk, to to talk, to sit, to observe, to breathe, <laughs> and he's using each and every one of them for the unified purpose in the the um. The totality that's all, all maximal that that we that you in experiencing your miracle that joining, joining in the love, the one peace bringing peace, um, is maximized to the whole sonship, and I love it when the course talks about that, you know that we save thousands of years in the celestial speed up of of our con the Son of God's consciousness, and that we, that your miracle in the coffee shop could be applied to anyone who is open to to the help because of the need, perceived need to be helped in their breathing or to help someone else in their breathing. And how that, <laughs> that just 
become so exponential, and it, it really fills my heart with joy. Thank you for um, thank you for your share. <laughs> I um, yeah. am complete. Thank you, Judy. Love you. I just thank you, want to rem- Judy. I just want to remind myself, if I may, that I was troubled by what I was seeing until I asked the Holy Spirit what he would have me see. And the Holy Spirit showed me the love for the breath. And I just want to make it clear that the Holy Spirit was the corrector here. And I was just reminded what that was, what I was looking for. So thank you. Uh, uh, Thank you so much, Charles, for that example. I just see that, um, you know, this person was feeling separate and you showed him that he's not. He's part of all of us. He's part of the mind of God. That's what everybody wants to feel. They want to be a belonging. And they do belong. And we, we get to show them that they do belong. They belong to love. Thank you, Charles. Mm, thank you, dear one. Thank you so much. Oh, what an excellent observation. Thank you, Robin Marie. I want to thank you, Charles, for your reminding us that that you asked the Holy Spirit because my natural judgment being a nurse would be to notice someone short of breath, and it it would be a fearful kind of a judgment, like he was lacking in breath, when in fact the Holy Spirit's interpretation was completely different from what mine would, would have been or might have been. I can't only assume. Thank you again. And mine too. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. (laughs) I love that. Holy Spirit mind always jumps to what is right. My ego mind always jumps to what is wrong. Um, So anyway... Beautiful shares, and here we are at the top of the hour, and I wonder if anyone's given some thought to leading our reflection this morning. I'm available if you'd like to. Well, I hear no other volunteers, Charles, so thank you. Thank you kindly. Uh, I am under no laws but God's. Lesson 76. I am under no laws but God's. We have observed before how many senseless things have seemed to you to be salvation. Each has imprisoned you with laws as senseless as itself. You are not bound by them. Yet to understand that this is so, you must first realize salvation lies not there. While you would seek for in things that have no meaning, you bind yourself to laws that make no sense. Thus you seek to prove salvation is where it is not. Today we'll be glad that you cannot prove it. For if you could, you would forever seek where it is not and never find it. 
The idea for today tells you once again how simple is salvation. Look for where it waits for you, and there it will be found. Look nowhere else, for it is nowhere else. Think of the freedom in the recognition that you are not bound by all the strange and twisted laws which you have set up to save you. You really think that you would starve unless you have stacks of green paper stripes or strips and piles of metal discs? You really think a small round pellet or a fluid pushed in your veins through a sharpened needle will ward off death? You, re- you really think that you are alone unless another body is with you? It is insanity that thinks these things. You call them laws and put them under different names in a long catalog of rituals that have no use and serve no purpose. You think you must obey the, quote, laws, unquote, of medicine, of economics, of health, protect the body, and you will be saved. These are not laws, but madness. The body has endangered, the body is endangered by the mind that hurts itself. Oh, I love that. The body is endangered by the mind that hurts itself. The body suffers that the mind will fail to see it is the victim of itself. The body suffering is a mask the mind holds up to hide what really suffers. It would not understand it. It is its own enemy that attacks itself and wants to die. It is from this your, quote, laws would save the body. For it is this you think You are a body. There are no laws except the laws of God. This needs repeating over and over until you realize that it applies to everything that you have made in opposition to his will. Your magic has no meaning. What it is meant to save does not exist. Only what it is meant to hide will save you. The laws of God can never be replaced. Or we will devote today to rejoicing that this is so. It is no longer a truth that we would hide. We realize instead it is the truth which keeps us free forever. Magic imprisons. But the laws of God set free. The light has come. Because there are no no laws but his. We will begin the longer practice period today with a short review of a different kind of, quote, laws that we believed we must obey. These would include, for example, the law of nutrition, of immunization, 
of medication, of the body's protection in innumerable ways. Think further. You believe in the laws of friendship, of, quote, good relationships, and reciprocity, reciprocity. Perhaps you even think that there are laws which set forth what is God's and what is yours. Many religions have been based on this. They would not save, but damn in heaven's name. Yet they are no more strange than the other, quote, laws you hold must be obeyed to make you safe. There are no laws but God's. Dismiss all foolish, magical beliefs today and hold your mind in silent readiness to hear the voice that speaks the truth to you. You will be listening to one who says there is no loss under the laws of God. Payment is neither given nor received. Exchange cannot be made. There are no substitutes, and nothing is replaced by something else. God's laws forever give and never take. Hear him who tells you this, and realize how foolish the laws you thought upheld the world you thought you saw. Then listen further, and he will tell you more about the love your Father has for you, about the endless joy he offers you, about his yearning for his Holy Son, created as his channel for creation, denied to him by his belief in hell. Let us today open God's channels to him and let his will extend through us to him. Thus is creation endlessly increased. His voice will speak of this to us, as well as to the, of the joys of heaven, which his laws keep limitless forever. We will repeat today's idea until we have listened and understood there are no laws but God's. Then we will tell ourselves as a dedication with which the practice period concludes, I am under no laws but God's. We will repeat this dedication as often as possible today, at least four or five times an hour. as well as in response to any temptation to experience ourselves as subject to other laws throughout the day. It is our statement of freedom from all danger and all tyranny. It is our acknowledgement that God is our Father and that his Son is saved. I'm under no laws but God. Just give a minute or so to Feel that realization within us.
I am under no laws but God's. I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit's direction and comfort that follows us throughout this day and reminds us gently that we together as brothers and sisters are under the laws of God, the love we share as one in the light of truth. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Morning, this is Sandra, and as I was listening to you, I was thinking, this is such a perfect lesson that goes along with there is nothing to fear. Um, And I know it's such a relief for me to know that I'm not under the laws of this land. I'm under God's laws. I mean, I've gotten into two nearly fatal car accidents and walked away completely unscathed. I've had cancer a couple of times. I mean, I could be really frightened, but I, but I'm not because I'm not because that just proves to me I'm not under the laws, any other laws but God's, and God has a purpose. So as long as I'm breathing, I don't have to be frightened because I'm under no laws but God's. I'm complete. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. This is Harrison. I think about the implications of this, and it really changes everything. Um, because, of course, like everybody else, my whole life has been governed by the laws of the world, laws of nutrition, not to mention uh, the laws on the books. Um, And to know that the only laws that really matter are God's laws. And one law that just he repeats a lot, of course, so it must be really important. I am not a body. I'm not a body. I'm spirit. I am the perfect creation of God. I'm a thought of God, an idea in the mind of God. When I think about the implications of that, then I can release all of the um, stuff that seems 
to affect me in any way. Like not having electric power to big things, seeing big things like war and stuff like that. None of that exists under the laws of God. And so if I want to be at peace, if I want to be be happy, the only way is to accept the truth. Because there are no laws for God. And the good news is, I can't run afoul of those laws. I may think that I'm violating the laws of God, but that's impossible. As long as I am as God created me, I can't violate the laws of God. And that is the truth of who I am. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Am I on mute? Mm. No. No, Judy, we hear you. We hear you quite well, Judy. Harrison, you always get me so excited when you (laughs) share. I love it. I love it. I got, I got this um, <laughs> test of truth from the from the um, from the chapter fourteen um, um, seven fourteen seven the test of truth um, and it so exemplified exemplifies what we read in the text today about Christ the Holy Spirit always being with me always available. And who knows? Who knows? I don't know. He knows, and I think I'll ask him. Which, you know, your beautiful share this morning, Charles, uh, just, you know, hit me right between the eyes. And I loved it. Um, But the essential thing is learning that you do not know. Knowledge is power, and all power is of God. You who have tried to keep power for yourself have lost it. You still have the power, but you have interposed so much between it and your awareness of it, by which I, by what I think I know is what I'm going to add there, that you cannot use it. Everything you have taught yourself has made your power more and more obscure to you. You know not what it is nor where, but we are. We're learning what it is and where it is. So. Um, that we have made a semblance of power and a show of strength so pitiful that it must fail us. And, you know, it speaks of all that stuff that um, humans have thought was the truth and studied and learned and taught ourselves about who it is and what we think we are. But yet all that stands between you and the power of God in you is but 
your learning of the false and your attempts to undo the true. So this is the real bell ringer for that lesson for me today. Be willing then for all of it to be undone and be glad that you are not bound to it forever for you have taught yourselves how to imprison the Son of God, a lesson so unthinkable that only the insane in deepest sleep could even dream of it. Can God learn how not to be God? And can his Son, given all power by him, learn to be powerless? What have you taught yourselves that you can possibly prefer to keep in place of what you have and what you are. I'll stop there. You, you guys know where it is if you want to find it. It's so beautiful. It's uh, chapter 14, um, 7, 14, 7, the test of truth. Mm, Amen. Thanks, Judy. Mm. I appreciate you bringing that in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Paragraph 20. One of the greatest laws man has ever made, which goes against everything God has ever made, is the law of assumption. And I love how he uses that word assumption in paragraph 20. You know, at all, unless you assume Assume either maximal motivation or no motivation at all. Only in these two conditions can you validity compare responses, and you must assume the former because the latter, if the latter were true, the subject would not do anything. So given the variability motivation, you will do something, but you cannot understand what it is. (laughs) I, I just love the idea. He takes away the idea of assuming what is uh, the proper uh, way of evaluating the situation and takes away the idea of assumption and brings to mind asking to see what is truly known here, uh, to be shown and revealed to us, rather than assuming what we think is going on is going on. Thank you. Thanks, Charles. Oh, thank you, Charles. This is Lana. Um, I love this lesson. It's like I'm under no laws of God, but God's, and I can look on so many different <laughs> um, theologies and philosophies and spiritual teachers, and this is one of the things in A Course in Miracles that I find to be universal. Um, Joel Goldsmith teaches it as... Um, there is but one power, and there's no other power. So that's one way of putting them under the laws of God, because there are none other. And uh, even in the Bible, um, I think it's in Romans, it says, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in you. Um, and that always gives me holy goosebumps when I read it. That same power, because... It's the same power, the same law that exists in everyone. And um, it's also, when I think of the laws of God, you know, I think of love, because God is love. And 
And for me, love is both the most powerful energetic force in the universe, and it's also the most gentle. And um, I try to live my life uh, based on a quote by St. Augustine, and he just says, love and do what you want. That's the law of God for me. Love and do what you want, because he saw that. Anything that was coming from a place of love would always demonstrate um, appropriate behavior, would always demonstrate kindness and compassion. Uh, So his basic law is is saying, trust God, do what you want. Just make sure that the motivation is love. Because we're under no laws but God and love and the power of that love. And um, anything else, you know, I just made up. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I hope you'll share more, Lana. I hope you'll share more. I hope you're incomplete. That was... Oh, thank you. No, seriously. I think yeah, beautiful voice. I that, that was that was probably the most powerful thing I've heard in a while. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, yeah, Brian. More, 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 more. <laughs> I hear you. I echo that sentiment, Bryce. Thank mm. you. Oh, thank you, God. I I will say something about the reading today, because um, you know it's you know Jesus says the secret, the simplicity of salvation is knowing I do it to myself, and 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 for me it also means that there's one choice I can always make. I can choose God. That's the one choice that I can always bank on. Um, when I think about uh, how we're scattered and making choices. And uh, I remember being young and I always, whenever I went on a trip, I I always took too many clothes because I wanted to have choices. That's just uh, part of our humanity. And um, when I think of our humanity, I think of who Jesus is speaking to in the Course of Miracles. You know, at first I thought he was speaking to the ego, and then I thought he was speaking to the Son of God. But who we are in human, as humans are both. One is real and one is not. But as we go on this journey, uh, Jesus is teaching me that I, it's simple. Just listen to the one voice. Just listen to the voice that brings you peace and happiness. And just don't listen to the other one. So wherever I am, um, when I'm reading A Course in Miracles, it doesn't matter to Jesus. I'm just, he's addressing my humanity. And, and because it's all mine, and even though I attached uh, a separate thing to the mind that, call, that I call ego, it's naturally who I am. And uh, But Jesus will speak to that if that's where I find myself. His words will reach me wherever I am. So I don't have to worry. Although, I'll tell you one thing. When, I, when my mind is cleared and I'm, 
and I know I'm basking in the love of God. When I read the words of A Course in Miracles, boom, I get such clarity and such certainty and such recognition of the truth of their words. And But I, you know, I read them um, wherever I am, and God, God speaks to me wherever I am, because he knows eventually, in some way, he'll find that crack, and that truth will get into it. And because within this little crack of willingness, the light shines in, and the light is always total, complete. So even if I'm, I'm getting it through a little crack of willingness in my mind, I'm getting all of it. I'm getting all of its power. So, and I guess eventually you just become exhausted with battling the ego and, and just say, well, I'm back to their, their no choices. I thought I had choices, but there's only one choice. There's only one power. There's only one law. There's only one me. <laughs> so I can just always choose that. I don't have to go into thinking or fixing or understanding. I just, you know, I'll just choose God. And then it's like he takes over. I choose, make the right choice, and I move heaven and earth with that choice. So anyway, I will shut up now. Thank you for listening. Mm. Oh, beautiful, Anna. <laughs> I joined the chorus, Lana. Yeah. Love your shares. Thanks. God moved heaven and earth for your voice to be shared this morning. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Very likely. <laughs> thank you. When Royce came booming through with that voice, you felt the certainty and the love for what he desired for. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Charles. Yes. Well, I, uh, I threw this back at Sheila, who sends me a text every morning. I said, really? Four or five times an hour? Who's this faithful? Uh, does somebody got a timer, atomic clock or something? Because... Um, you just got to confess, if there's any guilt, it's that I haven't practiced this lesson or any lesson as consistently as that. Uh, and if I'm under no laws but God's, then uh, even that I could uh, say, what was that, Lana? Do what I love, follow, follow that love. Pretty easy. Four or five times an hour. Okay, Lord. Yeah, I'm not complete. <laughs> Thanks, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you for adding your wonderfulness to complete us. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love the share. Thank you. Everyone's voice is important, and those who wish to share even one word 
is very welcomed. Thank you. Charles, uh, thank you. That used to be always my mantra when I was on this call regularly. It was my goal to like be the uh, annoyance for anyone who was off mute to say, please come share. Um, thank you for that, Charles. Amen. Oh, I heard it very strong in your voice when you spoke before, and it touched me deeply to realize that Sometimes when we get inspired with what we're sharing, we do carry on and don't leave space for others to share. So with that, I'm complete. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, guilty as charged. Yeah, guilty as charged. Uh, always erring on the side of innocence. Um, yeah, I used to lovingly dominate this call, calling others out, really, that's, and that's surely innocent. Good morning, Bryce. We all take our turn. <laughs> Amen. Awareness is key to salvation. I love it. As Jude, Jesus says. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm dominating again. Jude, um, I loved uh, the moment we met. Always have uh, been endeared by the power of the the joy of of who you are. You've only occasionally, uh, you know, made me aware of my ego. I love you. Ah, thank you. And I love you too. Thank you. I love you too, Bryce. Thank you. Mm. It really was a pretty neat place to meet somebody, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. I love you all. Thank you, everybody. Mm. Much love. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you, Robin Marie. I know you have to go to work, and I'm always glad you're here before before that time comes. Big hug, Yeah, Big hug to you. Farewell. Have a beautiful day, Robin Marie. No, really, who does this four or five times an hour is, is on this. Uh, just well, if if you don't mind me sharing a little bit, Jesus said on the cross, "Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do." Awareness is the key to our salvation, and the light of truth brings the light of awareness to us, and then we choose in the light of awareness, and it just from there, salvation is our only hope. Thank you. Yes, I, I really yeah, thank you. I really like the word ignorance rather than evil. It sort of takes the sting out of it. You know, um the way Jesus forgave the soldiers that just crucified him. 
And he didn't see them as evil. He just saw them as unknowing. Because, you know, if they knew the truth, they would have never crucified him. So it wasn't that they were evil. They thought they were doing, serving their government. And the government was their law, their God. So um, I like that word. And one thing that really helps me, and I, you know, and I try to do it without fail. At the beginning of each day when I wake up, I give the world permission. I give the world and everyone in it permission to be who they are, however they want to show up. When I used to work, I would give traffic permission to be what it was. I'd give the weather permission to be what it was. I'd give my boss permission to be a jerk that day if that's what he wanted to be. You know, and it just saved a lot of forgiveness work later in the day because I, was, I wasn't surprised, you know. So all I had the thought was, oh, today I gave him permission to be like an asshole, you know. So um, that's okay. And it was just for the day. You know, it was like the AA slogan, just for the day, just for that day. I wasn't thinking about tomorrow or forever. But every day was just that day, world, you have my permission to show up however you want, and I won't judge you. And that was a gift to myself, you know, because I didn't have the guilt that came from judging or evaluating or comparing, you know. So, look, you know, if my daughter was being a grump that day, well, that's the way she showed up that day. You know, it's like... The world was telling me I am as God as I am as God created me, and this is what it looks like now. <laughs> you know. So um, anyway, I just wanted to share that uh, when you mentioned forget- Jesus's forgiveness of the men who crucified him. I'm th- I'm complete. Thank you. Wow, that's beautiful, Anna. That's Reminds lovely. me of the quote that by your gift. Go ahead, Charles. No, please continue on. I was just going to say what Lana shared brought to mind uh, the quote that by your gift of freedom, it is given you. Um, Mm. One of my favorite definitions of healing is healing from the effects of judgment. Um, So much of my suffering uh, when I experienced life as an ego was a consequence of my judgment on myself. And when I let that be corrected, it turns out um, the ease with which I used to judge everyone else just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Lana, you reminded me by your gift of by your gift of freedom it has given you. Thank you. I'm complete. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I love that yeah. quote. Yeah, that's great. I love God gave us free will to show up however we choose to show up. And you demonstrated that so much in your sharing right there. And God judges us not for how we show up because he knows who we truly are. So thank you for exemplifying that gift God gave us. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Good morning, guys. This is Jessica, and I just want to respond to Bryce's question about who does the four or five times an hour, because 
<laughs> I've definitely thought about that many times myself. And, some, you know, sometimes it's been said that, you know, he'll say in, in this book, well, this is not a metaphor. This is just plain, straight-out truth. So when it says do it four or five times an hour, I think, oh, maybe that's a metaphor. <laughs> I agree. But, um, <laughs> but, but I don't think it means it really do it is. all the uh, time, that, right? <laughs> what? It means do it all the time. Yeah, that's and what, yeah, I, and that's and that's. I think, I think it's like to me what it's saying is. It is the backdrop of your life. It is the, it is the background of my life. It is the ground I walk on. And so when I have been able to do it for one hour, four or five times, or maybe two, or maybe sometimes I'll say it constantly. And when I do that, I realize this is what will lift me off. The, the this is what makes me light, lighter. And so, I definitely haven't managed to do it four or five times an hour for the day. And luckily, as Lana said, you know we we do things, and the the key is not to feel guilty about not doing them or doing something we think we're not supposed to do. But it's a wonderful invitation to live in that place. And I guess that's how I take it. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. I'm sort of doing a bunch of stuff. I was on a trip, so I'm not, haven't been as engaged. But thanks for being there, guys. Oh, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Jessica. Yeah. Keep up the work. So nice to love hear you. your voice. Love you, Jessica. Thank you. Yeah, I've been Hi. thinking about you, Jess. Hi, Karen. Hi. Jessica, I really loved what you just brought up. Um, I had to step off the call so I didn't hear Bryce's question. But um, I am under no laws but God. If I say it like a mantra, and I really do try to do it, you know, whatever the... Um, I was using the timer, and the timer started giving me a migraine, you know, going off every 10 minutes. It was I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I have to just interject this, and it's very rude. I'm sorry, but I can hear Lee right now telling us that Jesus has a sense of humor. So I was kind of in the same position about the timer thing. So, <laughs> you're under no laws but God's, right? That's, that's anyway, I had to interject. Forgive me. Yeah. Well, like someone says, let me hear a horn every time I forget, and all day long, everybody's honking at you. <laughs> exactly. Um, please continue, Karen. Yeah, I have this thing. That's Sorry, Karen. Opportunity for me, my um, reactions. Yeah, so when it's like a mantra, it goes on nonstop. It's like every time I'm in between some thought or in between something, I keep going back to it. And I've done mantra practice for a long, long time, so it's a good, it's a good one. So yesterday, 
the light has come. The light has come. I have forgiven the world. So I'm saying it all day long. I have forgiven the world. I've forgiven my past. I'm not saying that I've got, that I am, I'm not claiming to really know that I have forgiven everything, but it was more like, this is my intention and my willingness. This is my willingness. I will forgive the world. I will forgive, I will forgive my past. I will forgive myself. I will forgive my illusions about my brother going on and on and on. And um, then I get a phone call that my soon-to-be ex-son-in-law has filed for custody of our nine-month-old baby, and he's using something and substances, and he comes over all slurred, and he um, drops her, and he uh, he's not cognitively, you know, lucid. He's not lucid. He slurs. He, he's... Um, be another word for what I was trying to explain. He nods. He nods while he's watching her. You know? So, and his parents did these affidavits and they attacked me. Like, I'm part of it, which I'm not. It's insane. He did a nine-page deposition on why he should have custody. And it's, um, I just kept thinking, I forgive you. I forgive you to his parents. I forgive you for um, this illusion that we call the world of being in the ego world. I forgive the world that's not awakened. I forgive the world that isn't um, touched by the love that I think should be in charge. So today, I'm under no laws but God's. When we did that this morning, it just feels like in that alignment of the divine, we are... uh, we are under the laws of God. And when we are extending God, we are under the laws of God. And that extension to go out, you know, it flows out to bless the world, heal the world, affect the world, even if it's only like the world is real in my own mind. I don't know about that piece. I'm not that evolved that I can understand that the physical world isn't real and it's just, you know, that there isn't some relative reality to this physical experience you know when it comes to protecting the baby it's not like it's not like I can I can't just you know pretend that it's not real (laughs) you know I don't that's like that's like what could be more primal than survival and protecting your children right even though that's the ego world where we feel fearful and survival is the issue you know, I know I can say I'm under no laws, but God's. The situation will play out, and I trust God to give God all of this experience. When we're going to learn what we're going to learn, um, we're going to be healed by releasing our past through this experience. You know, I will not judge the present moment by my past experiences, and I will not. Um, I will not think I know anything. I won't judge the situation on, based on my past learning. I don't know. I just, um, I brought this up in the group because I'm asking for prayer, really. Mm, you know, thank this you. is a situation that's beyond, mm. it's, it's like, boy, you think you're on, you mm-hmm. think you're on the beam 
of the Holy Spirit and you think that the you know you're in the alignment and yesterday I was so sure I was in the alignment I was feeling so much light and I was feeling so much love and then this thing happened and I'm like oh my god you know nothing could kick you right into your ego fear than thinking harm could come to a nine-month-old baby that you're responsible for what else is there Okay, I guess I'm I overshared, but um, no, the only thing no, reading, not the at only all. thing, not I'm not at all. <laughs> the only thing in the reading, ahead, is where it, it says in the reading that you know the ego develops all these abilities, and it's like this dispersion of possibilities. But the Holy Spirit has everything under one unified goal. And all we have to do is stay aligned and true to the one unified goal and keep developing that one ability to be vigilant for the Holy Spirit. And then it goes out and disperses mm. to everything. I think what I took away from our unified curriculum, I think. Thank you. I'm complete. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank that you. That was exceptionally exceptionally mm. uh, articulated. Thank you, Karen. Your love for the baby, your love for your innocence, and your shared innocence will always guide you to the right direction. And your love will give you the courage to make the right decisions. I honor you and your path and your courage and the challenge that lies ahead. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Charles. And um, one thing I've noticed in in my journey um, with this material is often after um, I feel I've learned something and, and it's raising me up, the very next day an opportunity to uh, practice what I learned is given me. It seems as though something bad is coming into my field but I often wonder if what comes into my field is coming as a response to my learning so that I can declare it and um, I think that's what he means when he says life is teacher that um, that we get many 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 opportunities to uh, practice and affirm to our own minds what it is we've learned in unity um they used to think that was bad you know gee whiz you know I, you just taught me something and i thought i learned it and now look what happened <laughs> but um there's another way of looking at that as an opportunity and uh, and a blessing so th- thanks for that um thanks for that experience karen i'm complete thanks karen Thank you, Laurie. You too, Karen. There's so much light on this call, and I know that um, sharing it in this light of our joined minds has to be very powerful. And um, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me talk about that. Ah, no doubt about it. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. Hmm. I need lots of opportunities to teach my mind that there is no loss but only gain. And uh, life seems to bring that to me. So how about this reading? Wasn't it kind of fun? (laughs) (laughs) The Unified Curriculum. I I think back to, um, I I used to be a researcher. Uh, That was my job um, in clinical oncology was to test test treatments and evaluate outcomes. So when he starts talking about valid and reliable test majors and tests of motivation and evaluating outcomes, I get a little little excited. And I always uh, look at it as um, he's trying to open a door for me uh, to something I didn't see before. And this morning, um, this opened up just a little bit further. And what I was um, delighted to discover uh, in the three apples, you know, isn't that a mind bender? Negative numbers. there were three apples on the table, but now the table is minus three apples. And, and I, it opened up a little wider today to the recognition that this is how the ego operates. Um, it evaluates evaluates everything um, that happens in the light of how much fear is not there. How much is fear controlled? How much, how much um, as a consequence of what I've done, dampened fear and put it out of my awareness. Contrast. Oh, he's so good at that. Contrast. How much fear is absent with how much love is present. How much fear is absent with how much love is present. And I get an idea of what he's talking about when he talks about the unified curriculum. I can be taken from in this lesson, tyrannous control, control by the measurement of the absence of fear and every activity designed to control fear, I can be taken from that to freedom. I often often wondered, what is freedom? You know, what does he want me to know about freedom? And... um, and this section on the unified curriculum uh, gives me a lot of ideas about that. Uh, years gone by, um, certain sections he'll he'll give me a word, just just one word, you know. Here we have uh, a few paragraphs with many words, and sometimes he'll because he knows I I need it simple. I need it simple because I'm still a learner. He'll give me just one word, and and for freedom, he gives me the word authentic. And when I think about authentic, um, it it it's an invitation uh, to move 
to move my mind from um, rules and shoulds and must and control and efforts to dampen fear it moves me to the notion that without that sort of tyranny I have the ability to both have and to be you know he says the soul knows that it both has and is everything both has and is everything the unified curriculum is taking me from the kind of tyrannous mind control that the ego forced on me in terms of the thoughts I think always evaluating this against a hard rule I'll evaluate this experience against this hard rule I'll evaluate this and this hard rule I'll evaluate this and this hard rule it must be this way and what is the ego he says but a perceptual temper tantrum screaming I want it thus all of that is fear driven fear motivated and evaluated against how much fear is controlled what a prison what a prison the ego gives me prison for my mind and a prison for everyone that's beautiful this 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 unified curriculum wants me not only to know that there is no prison but the self the largest self (laughs) that we share includes all of us you know oh dear me um it's for us to learn and grow into and embody the notion that we contain everything that um we belong to each other to such a degree that we are woven together one night I had a dream a vivid vivid dream in which the person of Jesus sat in my little rocking chair in my bedroom knitting (laughs) knitting 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 saying over and over and over again in around and through in around and through in around and through and the unified curriculum wants wants me to get to the point of this largesse knowing that I have and am everything and that together together we are weaving relationships in around and through each other he calls it the unbroken chain of forgiveness the unbroken chain of forgiveness and in that unbroken chain of forgiveness it's to learn how much we belong to each other and you know when those of you that have had children you know this you know that feeling this child belongs to you there's nothing this child could ever do to disturb your love nothing absolutely nothing they're forever yours regardless of anything that they demonstrate outwardly 
they're always in your heart. And though I've never had children, um, I do know that feeling of um, releasing all the gaps that make me think we're bound by bodies and the notion that we belong to each other in a way that is absolutely perfectly free. The Unified Curriculum is a, is a healing for my mind such that that ultimate knowledge of belonging uh, replaces the prison in which I thought I lived, bound by rules and tyrannous control. We who belong to God belong to the same degree to each other. And the name of that relationship is Christ. Christ is not a person, but a relationship that we have with each other. And every time I release my mistaken notion of anything, Holy Spirit will surely replace it with the truth of love. And I discover my authentic self, my real self, the self we all share. There's one direction for this curriculum, and it has nothing to do with control of fear. And it has everything to do with learning the blocks to love. And when I release them, they are gone. When I release them, they are gone. And my mind is healed, and I'm complete. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Oh, that was lovely, Lori. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Lori. Mm. That brings one question to my mind, is to always ask him about the unified principle he would share with me concerning any challenge I find myself in. For he is the one that will lead me to that experience of it. Not intellectual, but the actual life experience of a unified principle. It's beautiful how you put that forward. Thank you, Laurie. Oh, thank you. Now, this is Lana. I, while you were sharing, Laurie, what came to mind was the word harmony. And for me, that unified, the unity, which Jesus points to that all the time. But he point, unity for me is the wholeness, the oneness of our true nature. And um, when my thinking mind and my true nature or even how I'm showing up in the world are not in harmony, I know immediately that I'm not being my true self. I'm being something else, something that's not, that's in disharmony with my nature. So my nature is pure love and peace. And that's consistent throughout the kingdom, through every creation. And um, when, how I'm showing up or what I'm feeling doesn't reflect that. I'm not being in harmony or um, I'm not being consistent with my true nature. And, and Jesus refers to that in the teacher's manual 
manual of honesty. When I, um, and we all know when we're not in harmony with ourselves, you know, when we're, you know, any type of irritation or fight back or resistance um, tells me that I need to get back in harmony with myself. I need to be unified with the truth of myself in the oneness of truth, in that wholeness, that completeness of truth. More dangling in outer space or something. Um, in time and space, I should say. I'm just floating around in time and space, forgetting who I truly am. And the only thing to get me back to harmony is coming back to God. <laughs> you know, because that's where my harmony is. And I don't I need to know the whys, ifs, and all the answers to the ego's million questions. Um, Unity is simple. Harmony is, it, we just have to, I just have to remember one thing, and that's to return my mind to God, and then God does the rest. That love, which is, you know, I say God, I say love, I say unity, I say oneness, and I'm speaking about the, one, the same thing, and I'm part of that. And when I'm aligned with the ego, I lose my harmony, I lose my peace, I lose the consistency of my nature because I'm in disharmony. I've, I've looked away and I've fallen into this amnesia of thinking I'm something I'm not. And even if we don't remember anything, we can sense when we're not in harmony with ourselves. And, uh, and that's the only thing I need to recognize. I'm not at peace. And... Um, brings me back to God. I'm like a pointer, a pointer. I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Lana. Oh, Thanks, boy, that Lana. was just great. Thank you, Lana. This, this is Sandra, and I was, um, as I was listening, I was thinking of my, my children, my house, my job, and, and that has always plagued me because it supported my taking it, taking everything personally. Because it's not mine. None of it is mine. And I have, I've had to release my children, release everything, because it's not mine. I'm stewarding these things, uh, but they, they, they belong to the universe. They belong to God. I, I'm not mine. I belong to God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that that helps me to, re- to release and let go, um, because for me the love begins with me, um, and and it's, it's 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 doing the loving kind thing for myself, um, and and if I'm doing the loving kind thing for myself, what God would want me to do, which I think is loving and kind and compassionate and forgiving then everything else is going to fall into place. So there's no ownership here. <laughs> Just stewardship. I'm complete. Good way to put it. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. I and mine are the terms of the ego mind. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me.
Thank you, Sandra. from chapter 9 the correction of error he says God's laws will keep you, your minds at peace because peace is his will and laws are established to uphold it his are the laws of freedom but yours are the laws of bondage since freedom and bondage are irreconcilable their laws cannot be understood together the laws of God work only for your good and there are no other laws beside his everything else is merely lawless and therefore chaotic yet God himself has protected everything he created by his laws therefore everything that is not under them does not exist you have given your peace to the gods you made but they are not there to take it from you and you are not able to give it to them I read that as the ego steals my life from me you are not free to give up freedom but only to deny it you are not free to give up freedom but only to deny it and I think that's a summary of the unified curriculum amen thank you everyone thank you everyone for a beautiful call about freedom I've really enjoyed the discussion this morning and we'll continue after we end this recording um, so for those who haven't had an opportunity to speak or those we can invite to do so please stay on the line after this recording ends okay <laughs>